You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Stop laughing, motherfucker. I was doing the intro. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to For the Lord. This is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 8th of September, and things are going to be again, as is becoming the norm now, a little mixed up with who's doing what where. Unfortunately, we had to shift our, our recording night, and for whatever reason, I think Joe forgot, or he's busy with work. It's hard to tell. I haven't heard back from him. But I did want to bring in Marty so that we could talk about Destiny anyways, because he is playing on Xbox One, right? Xbox One. I'm uh, on the course. Xbox One. Yeah. So, and I got the Xbox, or sorry, the uh, PS4 version. And I, I'm trying to think of how I can say this without just straight up blowing bungee. Because that's what it's going to be. It's verbal fellatio on Bungie. Because, like, I had a certain expectation, which was pretty high, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And that's taking into consideration both demos as well. The the PS4 one that I played and and the, uh, or I should say console, because I actually did play on both, and the PC. And so having played it, again, I was like, you know what? This is fantastic, and that's what I hope the entirety of the game is going to be kind of thing. And so, again, my expectations were pretty high, and they surpassed it. Like, Uh not just by a little either. This was, like, leaps and bounds above what I was expecting, and... And I've just kind of fallen in love. And we're only, like, we're less than a fucking week in. We're a exactly. few days in. So, you, uh, did you wind up taking a day off to play? I, I ended now. up taking a day off to play. And also, I have to use time, whatever. Right. I have zero regrets. I've worked as a probation officer for 17 years. It's time for a little self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played the demo. I played every strike. I played a ton of PvP. uh, PvP. I've played a lot of Destiny. After the demo, I didn't play a single thing of Destiny 1 in preparation for the lore and exploring Destiny 2. Um, This is all to say... I have seen the cutscenes the of the homecoming mission multiple times. Right. And I only cut one because I didn't want to see my guardian get kicked in the face again because five <laughs> times was enough. That's the best part though. <laughs> when he reaches for ghost and you're like, yes. no, my special friend. And yeah, I will say not to cut you off. You can keep going after though. But again, I'm not one who's, necessarily prone to sentimentality i do if there's a if there's a show that has a touching moment or whatever i'm man enough to say if i I shed a tear or whatever but overall it's not like i'm a sappy fuck (laughs) there have been a couple of moments in this game (laughs) where i'm Mm -hmm. like oh damn (laughs) that was really good because that's the other thing too the and i was telling my son about that because he's been watching me play and playing a little bit himself too but the like as good as this, the the trailers were that we got, and they were phenomenal. Case in point, the Hugs and Chickens one, 
Mm -hmm. was such a fucking good trailer. But have you gotten to that cinematic yet in the game? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, Sorry, my dog just kicked open the... uh, (laughs) My door? Because I think Shannon let her in here, so... That that's because you fucked off your date night, so she pissed off. She said, "Screw you, take the dog." She's like, "Yeah, take the dog." <laughs> uh, but anyways, I got to that that cinematic. I got to that spot. You you have not finished the um, not rescue, but you haven't gone to get Ikora yet. You went and got no. Cade, right? Yeah, I'm about to. I just rescued Cade, and I want to I want to take it back because also in preparation for tonight, I re listened to. Um, uh, previous for the lore where you Vince and Joe were talking about uh, it was the episode where, where Joe was like Bungie could have done this for the Taken King um, right I'm, I, I'm not going to talk about how the development could have gone but there was a, I wanted to push back a little bit about in that same sentence you guys were talking about how the 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 grimoire and the the lore system wasn't was is much better in this game which I agree but I found myself missing the cards and I'm glad I got the fancy edition so I could read like in the fancy edition, you get like a text booklet, a little booklet from the emperor of the cabal who's basically saying, uh, come kill all these bad guys for me. I want you to murder them because they overthrew me and I want to, and then I will shower you with riches and luxury and lore. And I miss that aspect of the game. Um, but it's completely balanced by a moment where Cade Six is serious and not like the cocky surefire way he was in the Taken King, but in like my friend Ikora is in trouble. And I was blown away by that uh, because like it's not it's within the bounds of the character, but we haven't really seen it yet or heard it yet. And he did such Nathan Fillion just did such oh, a God, yeah. good job. Uh, I cannot wait to play the rest Um like I'm so jazzed about it. Like the show notes, I've got stuff like lore and guns, and there was some other dumb thing I put in there too. Um, the mini games, like it's like everything they did wrong in Destiny One that they tried to fix by the Taken King. They have completely reworked for Destiny Two, and have the new mistakes are. Uh, I. I'm making a face here. It's problematic, but it's not gameplay. It's not characterization. It's not the writing. It's not cinematics. It's not every alien has the same face. I'm looking at you, Bioware. Uh, It's just beautiful. It's like everything that they have done since Pathways into Darkness, they have just pulled back from and ran with. And I am so happy that Bungie is putting out this game and then we're all going to get a chance to play it. And it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of people who've been asking if they didn't play one or whatever, if two is a good place to jump on. And that's one of the things that we talked about on a variety of different episodes as well. And it was one of those where it sounds like you really don't need to have played one. Certainly Mm -hmm. you'll get more out of the experience, but you don't really need it to have played it because it's, it, it seemed like it was well enough designed that they, they kind of got you caught up pretty fast. And that's exactly what it is. Like, I mean, you are right from the get go 
invested in what's going on, regardless of if you actually played Destiny 1 or not. Of course, you're going to get more out of it if you played 1, but you certainly don't need to have played it. Like, the, the, it's a very clear, here are the bad guys, here are the good guys, this mm-hmm. is what happened, you know, savior kind of little moon thing got taken over, and you just are now starting from scratch again. Again, it's simple, but it makes sense. Once you get inside, though, and you start doing the the quest lines, there's a surprising amount of depth to it. And mm-hmm. not just in terms of of the map, which, holy fucking hell, we'll get into that in a moment, but just in terms of everything about this game immerses me a lot more than Destiny 1 did. And that's mm-hmm. saying a lot because, again, I really like Destiny 1. So to say that this feels that much more live, that much more grand in scope, that much more important as well. Like what you're doing is really fucking important. There were moments in Destiny, the first one, where you got that feeling. Though I would argue still not to that degree. From what I've been doing now and I'm... I, fuck, I have no idea how close I am to, to Danya because I have been watching spoilers as well kind of deal. But I, I'm i pretty far. Like, I can't, I can't be that far from a full-on assault on, on Gary or, or whatever is going on there because <laughs> I'm pretty far already. And again, that's just right from the get-go, folks. It's, there's going to be spoilers here, and some of that is because we can't get around it without speaking about it, and right. and also just because, well, fuck you, we play, we want to talk about it. If you don't want to listen to it, then go play the game and then come back and listen to this episode, because, yeah, there's definitely going to be some spoilers. Yeah, and I'm not, I mean, I'm nowhere near as far as you. I'm not really concerned about the spoiler, though, because I am invested in this character. I'm invested in more so my hunter, because I'm, I'm, I've been playing a hunter um, and this was, you know, a big change for the the Arc Strider class, like because it used to be the Blade Singer class, or that's probably the I know that's Blade the Dancer? second edition kit from D and D, but <laughs> the Blade Dancer, whatever, they're they're all the same thing. They're just not the Space Elves instead. Yeah, but I have uh, there is a way that Bungie does their story that even if you like. There's if you dwell on the spoiler, you may get spoiled. But I think there's also like it is not it will detract uh, to some degree, but not to the same extent it would be like if somebody drives up your, you know, is driving by and yells, you know, Snape kills Dumbledore. It's not the same kind of damaging spoiler. Um, I also want to touch on something you said about the characters, uh, because the reason why I linked in the show notes on an article from Planet Destiny about the guns of destiny is because the guns of destiny and I was saying this to anybody who would listen uh, Wednesday the guns of destiny have more character and depth than most of the NPCs and some of the prime characters from Mass Effect Andromeda um you're not done is, slamming them are you this episode <laughs> oh well I was th- I've been thinking about it and it's just first of all you're a shooter, even if you do use space magic, and both Mass Effect and uh, Destiny have space space magic. One is a little bit more science-y, one is clearly more space fantasy. I mean, we're literally going to be fighting a dragon at some point, I guarantee it. 
Um, but the but they're both shooters and they have that element and the guns in Destiny from the crappy common to your brilliant, you know, sunshot, basically a hand cannon shotgun combo has weight and story and a different feel from the vibrations and a different sound. And meanwhile, Mass Effect is like, pew, pew, you've got a gun, pew, 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 pew. And that's a huge departure from Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. Whereas with Bungie and Dusty, they're like, yeah, guns are characters. Boom, let's do this. You know, the world is a character. Boom, let's keep going. And it's a shooter, but it's an MMO, you know, ever-present, ever-changing game with some RPG elements better than what Bioware was doing. And that's kind of what's where my hook is because that doesn't, that for some degree, that doesn't make sense because it's a shooter, but there's still, it's more immersive. And that was, I think when you said that, it clicked for me because I am more engaged with a character that doesn't have a single line of dialogue in this game so far. And I played about 10 to 15 hours. I'm more concerned about his future and Zavala's future and Ikora's status and Cade than I am about the entire crew of, uh, I even forgot the name of the ship. That's how angry I am about Mass Effect Andromeda. Because Mass Effect was my jam. My new jam is Destiny. So. All right. Was that it for the slamming Andromeda or there's more coming later? We're going to call round one. We don't know. All round right. one is over. Let's bring it back to Destiny, though. Uh, One of the things, again, in terms of that immersion is how they're handling their non-player characters right now, because Mm -hmm. they made that point, especially Luke Smith did when he was talking at one point about the Zavala, Ikora and Cade Trinity and how much more important they're going to be in in this game. And boy, he was not lying. Holy shit. Like, again, the first one. Yeah, they're always there and yeah, they're your quote unquote trainers and you you go back to them and there's some interactions and whatnot, but they're still, I mean, they're important because they're always there and because you know the name actors. So, you know, oh, these characters are fairly important kind of deal, but that's it. I mean, they're just flavor essentially in here. No, like we got to play again that the. The uh, homecoming and whatever. It's not homecoming. What's it? Is it homecoming? It's homecoming. It yeah. is. Okay. Sorry. It was a Spider-Man flashback there. Um, so we got to play that a couple of times in, in the demos. And so we knew what we were getting into. But again, here now you get that immediately afterwards, you get that continuation that we didn't get to see, which is fucking awesome. Like <laughs> everything from that point afterwards as well. Because, again, I followed the story quite a bit. I did do some wandering around and I did look for some secret places. But I also followed through on the story quite a bit or some of the side mm-hmm. missions. And that that mission just never gets old. It doesn't get tiring. It doesn't get boring. It is start to finish. Well, I haven't finished it yet, but where I'm up to, fucking nuts. It is just a ton of fun that is adrenaline pumping kind of action. Because, again, we know the story where 
you're you're starting from scratch. You're on the farm. You need to go and 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 help. Well, see if you can help the traveler. Speaker's gone, which some fucking interesting lines from Speaker. Let me tell you, holy oh, shit! Yeah. And so all of these things are, are happening, and you are. For at least for the longest time, I don't know if that's changed yet because once again, I'm only so far in the story. But you're the only guardian to get your light back, so you managed to find a shard of the the traveler, which is what I had talked about when we were talking on our our last episode. And I was saying there's a white thing over there that looks like a husk, part of the husk of the the traveler, and I want to go see it. Well, we get to go see it, and and it is as cool as that, and and even though it's just uh, they call it a shard. It grants you your light back. So you're the only one. You're you're their saving grace right now. The only one that can basically get rid of Gary and save the, the, the well, the solar system at this point here, too. Again, I don't know how far you've gotten. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the, the that that comes up in when you're where on Titan, which Titan was oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. And also absolutely terrifying. Like the hive as an enemy are like the nega uh, guardians, right? They they also can come back from the dead and they are consumed with the darkness, whereas we are walking in the light. Like there are perfect polar opposites. Um, you can see on Titan from the Taken King where the ship shows up and there's that wonderful cinematic about, you know, where the queen gets killed. Um well, I I don't think she's dead, and uh, yeah. Anyway, the, you can see the the hole in Saturn's rings around from Titan because yeah. that's what we do now. We get to see all this great stuff. Oh, I just loved that aspect of it. And in addition to you know the original fire team of Zavala, Ikora, and Cade, I want to talk about Hawthorne and Lewis. Like oh, I was getting to them. <laughs> You were? Oh fuck yeah! So when when Hawthorne's like, "Don't leave," what was your initial response to that? You mean when she asked you not to leave the farm? Yeah, when she asks not to leave the farm. I I already knew we're coming back, so it was right. one of those. I I kind of brushed it off and was like, "Don't worry about it." Like I know I'm coming back. So right. I know I I realize the story's going to take me back, and I already know I'm coming back because I got a lot more things that I want to do in the. Uh, EDZ. So I, if they were looking for a kind of touching moment, at least for me playing it, it was, it didn't achieve that. It, it did for me, but it might be because I was about eight the first time I saw empire. And so when Yoda's like, don't leave, finish your training. It's not like Hawthorne's training me, but it's like, or training the guardian, but it's like, I don't want to let these people down. And there's, a whole bunch of lore about like hunters and refugees about like the, the first hunters and what they did. And interestingly, all that lore was written on blue hunter gear from year one to year three, um, talking about the techno uh, Takanomi Rangers. So that aspect of me being like ankled, uh, you know, actually no elbows deep in the lore of destiny one, when another hunter is saying, stick around, like, I wanted to stick around. Uh, so it did. It was very effective for a long term player like me. It was like, that's kind of what we should be doing. But I yeah, got it. But 
Got to go see my guy Zavala. Yeah, like you, again, as a guardian, you have a bigger picture that she did not have. Mm-hmm. She's more boots on the ground kind of thing and insanely effective at it too. Like she, again, she has lines that I I have more of an affection for that NPC than I do some of the 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 others, like the big ones, just because mm-hmm. she was so well written. And some of the dialogue that she has, especially with Zavala too, because he keeps essentially telling her, like you you're not a guardian. You can't we're, I don't feel comfortable asking you to to put your life in danger and all that. And she's like, you know what? You weren't always there wasn't always guardians here. For for the longest time it was us. It was people like us. And now you don't even have your light. We're the same. We're equal. Like she puts him in his place as the wrong term, but is forceful without being aggressive and makes her point clear. Again, it was just beautifully written. I, I absolutely adored it. And then it pays off later on when you get some interactions between Zavala and her later on, which oh, nice. that was a moment. I won't spoil it, but there's a moment. If you don't fucking tear up, I don't know you <laughs> because right. I, I was watching it and it was like, Oh, right there. <laughs> like that was good. So, and, and that's how it is with, with all of them, with the exception of numb nuts in the church. I can't remember. Oh, Devin? Yeah. He's like, you're really not getting much out of him. Like he's, He's basically just an NPC that's there for faction rewards and things like that, akin to some of the ones, the NPCs they used in Destiny 1 for exactly the same thing. Next to no story, just if you need to trade in to buy some stuff early on. So whereas Hawthorne is an integral part of the story all the way through. I wonder if we'll see more with Devin later. Um we're trying to figure out, like, where's the original gunsmith? Because he's this amnesiac robot that you care about. Uh, you know, I want to know where my faction leaders went. Uh, also, like, New Monarchy. So I don't know how much you know about the factions from Destiny 1. But yeah. New Monarchy was supposed to have this giant standing army of regular people that were super well trained and ready to defend the city at any cost. Well, clearly, what they did didn't work. Um so what's going on with New Monarchy, with Dead Orbit? I want, like, there's so many questions that I want answered. And I don't care if I can never get my faction with them back. I just want to know, like, because it doesn't, they haven't missed a beat yet. Um, they've just let, you know, they have keep on pulling at these threads, um, even with the Vex and with Cade and with, like, the rumors that Cade is actually Rasputin, which is hilarious. <laughs> and I, like, no, he's not. That is just not the thing but uh i am super interested just to see how as this the story keeps progressing um because like luke smith was pretty clear this is about what is the light we're going to talk about what is the light uh, now that it's gone we can actually talk about what it is and how it works uh, because the light is gone for the majority of guardians um and that doesn't work narratively at the farm because you're in a, you know you're hanging out with a whole bunch of guardians playing soccer or playing the floor is lava so that may not work for everybody, but the single player story and like getting your fire team together and going to going to Titan to see new hive models and like Vex that blow themselves up. I cannot tell you how much that freaked me out when the Vex came to, to blow up on me with their radio Lauren goo because that's just gross. Um, 
That was the other thing. Like, Titan grosses me out. Hive zones gross me out. Oh, uh, did you have to shoot some eggs yet? Oh, yeah. I shot the eggs. I'm like, oh, this is so <laughs> gross. And no, I, I it would have been more gross if some kind of, not just fluid came out, but some deformed, you know, <laughs> baby right. or infinite or something that had not, or fully formed, whatever, that wasn't done cooking yet, essentially. If that came, that would have been too much. As it was, it was like, whatever. It, I mean, if I was working at Bungie, I and, you know, now that Bungie and Activision and Blizzard are all best friends, uh, I would do a room like in uh, Lower uh, Wormrust, and that's a Lower Wormrust, uh, Lower Blackrock, where you had the whelpling room, but it would be a hive room, and you shoot the eggs, and the worms come flying at your face. <laughs> that's what I would do. That would have been funny, actually. And yeah, you have like uh, a corpse in the room that you can scan. That's his name is Leroy or he's Corporal Jenkins or something. That would just, have been a nice nod at her. Actually, yeah. 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 Actually, but, they could still do that. They just have to right. create a lost sector somewhere and just make it that. I can't wait. They're good. Like, Bungie, the lost there you go. sector edition is such a good, good idea. Um, How many did you find? We found two or three. So I play with uh, my buddy, Will, and he's a game developer and writer that lives up the street. And, you know, this is his this is his uh, inspiration time and relax time. And it was a we found three, got some pretty decent loot. Uh, I'm starting to get pick up more blues now. And so that's great. Uh, And I do have like, you know, you get your one complimentary exotic, which fine, whatever. Um, I miss the flavor text that I thought was better in Destiny 1. I want I want the little the little like two sentence story about this gun or about this piece of gear that Yeah, but uh, you we're get that you get that later with them um you get the lore tab later on. You don't get it with the white and green stuff. But you get it with I don't know about blue, but I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you're supposed to get it with the legendary as well as the exotics. The uh, you get two exotics, by the way. One of them is the equipment, and then a little later on, you get one of three guns that is an exotic as well. That's how I wound up getting sunshot because it's one of the options. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Now there oh, is also man. a rumor, and I am not. I'm you know I don't typically resist spoilers of like guns and stuff, but there's a a handful that I'm super interested in, including the Mita tool and the mini Mita. And allegedly if you have them both equipped, it's like a better gun. Yeah. And yeah. You can destiny is my, my gun. Oh, you can do that gun. with a couple of different things and it's kind of neat. And this is where actually you, you might change your mind about that flavor text. Once you start getting higher end gear, because once you inspect it, you hit, what is it? L2, I believe. And, the tab comes out on the side and it's got a, a, I don't want to say lengthy, but it's more than just a couple of lines. It's several paragraphs Ah. blurb about it. So I got the, uh, the sunshot gun and then I'd gotten the, um, the flame one, the the gloves for the warlock. Fuck. I can't remember the name of them, but anyone, anyway, that too had a, a blurb, right? A sunbreakers. Yeah. Sunbreakers, oh, yeah. Sunbreakers, oh. yeah. And it's funny because there's there's actually some stuff that you read in the lower tab for that, that when you then read the lower tab for the sunshot, it's like, oh, I, that's the same person. I, I, I know what they're talking about here. So it's working. This is actually, it's allowing you within the game 
to immerse yourself that much further into the lore. So, yeah, it, it works. I adore the new system. As long as that lore tab in an update of the Destiny companion app, we get that. Like, you get that, you can pull it from the API or whatever. That's all I want. Just because I find that uh, there's, it's always like I'm about to go to sleep and then something hits me and I need to read something, right? And uh, Destiny during uh, the Taken King, I spent a lot of time, like too much time as a grown ass man reading about the Books of Sorrow. And uh, it's one of my favorite things about Destiny where uh, is like the the convoluted, very weird timeline in the history of it because it does feel like everything did collapse. And so history is not important when you have to, I don't know, make sure you can eat. And so the rebuilding of that is absolutely fascinating to me. And so convoluted timelines and things that just don't make sense logically to our linear thinking is like, I don't know, it's uh, an opioid for me. I'm just addicted to it. And I just keep reading and reading and reading. So there, I want to do that. Yeah, there's no reason why they can't do something. And I agree, there should be something that is out of game that allows you to scan through your your stuff so that you can read further into it. I, I completely agree. But that being said, even just with what we have, I would be happy for an extra external out of game solution. But I'm very happy with what they put in. It's it's like I said, really fucking good. Yeah, I think it's I think. I, as long as we get those other things, it's going to be like the best of both worlds. Um, because like, I, I do love the scannable things I've been, I remember the first time and the fact that I just saw this the other day and I don't know if it did it in destiny one, but when you, if you open up your ghost, when the ghost icon shows up in your upper yeah. right hand corner, yeah, his, he'll, he'll look for it. He'll look right where he senses that item that is scannable. Um, which, I figured out at level like eight. Uh, so <laughs> you figured it out sooner than I, because we figured it out today. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. It just happened that whenever it came up, I was doing something else in the game. So I just assumed that was part of it kind of deal. So I yeah. never gave him much thought, but then we were playing, my son and I were, were coach co-oping, just switching back and forth as we were playing today. And he's the one that spotted it. And he was like, what's, what's that for? And I'm going, I think it's just something's going to be starting or whatever kind of thing. But then I was looking around and he was saying, no, I think there's something you could scan. So then I brought out the ghost and sure enough, you see it. And I was like, well, son of a bitch, how many things have I missed now because of that? So, so yeah, it's just yet another cool aspect that was kind of thrown in to further give you yet more lore of this world. Like they weren't lying when they said they're going to shoot a ton of story in for you. Holy mm -hmm. crap. It's fucking everywhere. So uh, I'm about to ring in uh, round two of Marty making fun of Bioware um, because uh, just after homecoming, when you are without the light and you're struggling to go find ghost or just get out of the city, you know, it's like two days after the tower has fallen. Um, the mechanic is very similar to that of spoiler, the ending of Mass Effect three, where you're like slowly limping along and you got your gun. And of course, there's that one alien that has to show up and you got to shoot him. And I hated that part, not because I didn't think you should be battered and bruised, but because it was really hard to shoot. Um, it was more difficult than anything else in the game. Uh, anyway, 
uh, Bungie nails that because it's just long enough, right? You are just stumbling along long enough to to point out how fucked you are. And then I could have dealt, I could have handled a little bit more. You don't have the light kind of scenes in the, you know, when you're outside of the city walls and you're, you're, you know, before Hawthorne finds you. But I think also you got to start getting your levels back. You got to start getting your light back. Um, maybe one level that you could have gotten without your light. But I think that, that way of telling the story of the guardian pulling themselves up from and basically being reborn. I mean, there's a lot of that imagery from the dream sequence from the traveler, which by the way, nothing like that from destiny one, there is no communication like that in destiny one between the guardian, the young wolf, you know, that's another title you pick up in the game. There's zero conversation between you and the traveler, but this time there is. And that's, so cool and so interesting, but it's a it's a rebirth scene as you're going into the water, you're seeing all the dead bodies, and you're coming back up and blah blah. Uh it just felt like in that cutscene and those action sequences in game, Bungie perfected a method of storytelling that I don't see a lot in the games that I play. Um, and I play a lot of a variety of games, but I was just so impressed and blown away by the by them like trying to raise the bar of what's going on in a triple a title like that well it's kind of a move, move that i would expect from like a indie game not necessarily a triple a title uh, yeah i can see what you're saying i think what it is what it boils down to as well is the clever manner in which they get the story to you without necessarily slowing down the action exactly. so have you unlocked the other specs yet for you? Oh my God. I'll take that. Just last night. Just last night. So um, when you go, I don't know if it's always this way. It just happened to me twice. But when you, when you, I, I found a lost sector and I went through and when I got to the end and I looted the chest, there was a warlock artifact and it's busted. It's one of these things where you need to shoot a crap load of things or work with other guardians in order to fill it up we, we've seen this with all of the st- stuff in destiny one and then once it's filled up then you take it in and you instead of it just being a um kind of turn it in and boom you unlock your your additional spec no it sends you to another area now i don't know if it's the same for the three classes however it was the same zone for two of mine because I unlocked both the void Walker. And then when I did another lost sector later on, I unlocked um, the lightning one, whatever the fuck it's called. I can't remember storm storm color. Yeah. So both of those were through that kind of thing. But what it is again for the warlock, once again, spoiler here, if you don't, if you want to figure it out on your own kind of deal, but you go, you go to uh, a spot. Yeah. EDZ. You go mm-hmm. there for, and there's a spot there, and it's specifically just for this. And you basically, you go through a portal, this kind of weird fallen-looking black and silver portal. And when you go in, there's, it's it's atmospheric as fuck. Like, it just looks amazing. Like, nightmarishly kind of amazing. And as you go down a path, there's these... Um, 
kind of like holograms. There, it's just this. You see, uh, some of them are Ikora, some of them it's another warlock before who came before, and it's just kind of like a hologram of them in light, obviously. And as you stop near it, it gives you a short blurb. It gives you a little bit of history on the specific class that you are unlocking. And you follow the path along, and there's a bunch of them. You fight a few things, go through another portal, and there there's two or three portals. So you go through, I think, three. Um, maybe two. You, anyways, I think there's two or three zones that you kind of make your way through getting these these history lessons essentially from the holograms and then crap loads of enemies show up and you have to use your new abilities in order to survive. But they give you these light wells all over the place. So you're just shooting grenades like a motherfucker and constantly all throwing up your ult so that you can just lay waste to everybody. But it was so well done that it was making the act of unlocking a, an, a spec fun you got to go out and seek it and be lucky enough to find it then you are doing the grind but it's it, it wasn't that long plus you're doing a grind while you're playing doing the game anyway so it doesn't matter and then you're getting this awesome story elements when you are unlocking it that's also teaching you about the history of it then you're getting the training and how to use the ability and then you're just kind of thrown back in there you go you're done holy shit that is fantastic. A great way to make these additional specs mean something and you understand not just where it's been, but what you can do with it. I thought it was phenomenal. And so I did it with the hunter and I've just got my golden gun. Uh, but it's Cade that you see images of, right? So as Ikora for the Warlock, it's Cade for the Hunters. So of course it's going to be Zavala for the Titans. I think that's also just a brilliant way of tying all this into, you know, for, for, for old players like me, it's like, this is, there's a lot of lore that's going on in this little, this little story. And it was so much fun. Cause you know, at the end, well, as an old player, I knew at the end there's going to be light wells and I'm going to be able to do all the shit I want to do <laughs> to these assholes. And it was exactly what I wanted. Uh, the problem is there's a lot of it. There's a big change between Gunslinger in D1 and D2. Uh, and I did not play it nearly as much in the demo. Uh, so it did. It wasn't like, you know, yeehaw, I'm just going to shoot everybody. But it, it, it was still a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm actually, I'm looking forward to finishing the story so that I can start on my Hunter and my uh, my Titan. Oh, yeah. Cause, but I need to get through the story. Because not just that, but I want to unlock the fucking speeder for my Warlock. You don't get your speeder until you freaking get done the story, which fucking sucks. My legs are tired. I've had it with running everywhere. <laughs> I hate that kind of time sink. It's an artificial time sink that's thrown in simply because of that. Don't do that, developers. There's no fucking reason for it. I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm, I'm spending more time exploring, like, ooh, what's this? Ooh, what's I, this? And I can do that on a speeder. <laughs> I have been, because I hijacked them all the time. <laughs> oh, <the> bikes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, the first time I saw, like, on the bottom left hand, a roving band of pikes is coming. I'm like, all right. Well, then I got up into higher ground, and I took out my scout rifle, and I'm like, I'm going to shoot you aliens in the face. And I missed, but um, the, not the second shot. So that was totally worth it. Driving pikes was so much fun. It is. And if you get the right one, they're fucking strong, too. You can get through one of the adventure things 
Our mission's pretty <laughs> goddamn fast if you got one of those son of a bitches. Nice. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite NPCs, ironically, is not even one of the Trinity, and it's not Hawthorne, although she's very fucking close. It's failsafe. Oh, God. <laughs> failsafe, for those who don't know, is the AI that you encounter in the inverted spire strike that we did uh, during the demo. So you keep hearing that AI in the background talking with your ghost, and there's clearly something wrong with they, this AI. Oh, my God, there really is something wrong with this AI. But that's that's a winning formula that pretty much always works. Make your AI or your robots have human qualities or just make them quirky or weird or fucked up like that. And it's kind of hard to lose. And this is the same thing. She is fantastic. She is the AI that travels with Cade. I don't know if she's part of his ship or, or something else, or we don't get the full kind of story, but she's the AI you encounter when you go to rescue Cade who's stuck in a teleportation loop. His rescue was fantastic. As much as I liked Ikora's, although Ikora's not a rescue, of course, you wouldn't fucking mm-hmm. rescue Ikora, but it's a go and work with her and do something else. And and I found Ikora's actually quite a bit tougher. Quite a bit I tougher. Can see that. But Cade's, of course, because he's the com- comic relief, is fun. And there's just a ton to it as well. Takes you a while. And like I said, he's stuck in that teleportation loop, which in and of itself is funny. But when you show up on, that's on Nessus. Yes, on Nessus, which is gorgeous. Holy shit, I love that planet. So when you show up there, the um, you find his ship that he crashed into the planet, clearly. And that's where you meet up with that AI again and you find out her name is, is failsafe and she's fucking logo. <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> but that's part of the fun. And she becomes the faction rep as well for Nessus. Cause each of the planets has their faction rep as well for you to trade in for stuff. And she's a faction rep there. So I loved everything with failsafe. She is by far my favorite right now. There is only one. I don't want to be that guy. That's like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Host. You're clearly wrong. Uh, so, failsafe was the AI of AM. Failsafe was the AI of the colony ship Exodus Black um, that took off during the collapse and crashed into Nessus. Well, well back so, up, back up, back up. What? So, uh, in Destiny One, um, while the collapse was happening, they shot off colony ships just to see if people would actually get away from the darkness, whatever that was. And Exodus Black uh, wasn't supposed to go to Nessus because it was an icy rock in space, um, but the Vex terraformed it. But uh, basically, the Exodus Black ship crashed into Nessus, and the entire crew complement and the all the colonists all died. And she was awake and alive for all of that, and that's why she kind of done lost her mind. Okay, so what point was this in Destiny 1? So it was in, uh, it's in, um, I think it's like in old Russia card number three, they talk about this and there's, oh, it's like old Russia number four. Cause it was added in rise of iron. Cause the, they can see other colony ships in the distance. Um, and then like she says, you know, all of my crew is dead. 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure yeah. out why I didn't see this. Granted, again, I yeah, I picked it up when it was on sale not that long ago, but I I never did get through all of it. So, like, if if this was something that I played through when I played it when the game first came out, okay, clearly that's why I forgot. But I didn't remember that at all. Do you see it in game or only if you're reading the cards? Only in the cards. That's only why. In the oh, okay. So that's, yeah. Okay. Good but to know. Basically. Then. All the AIs, oh, there's a really gorgeous card from book one where it's like the A is like, I'm terrified. I'm scared. My people are scared. The the bully Rasputin is taking control because it's trying to send us off into space so the human race doesn't die. And it's a really sad story about a robot flung into space that's trying to take care of all of her people. So, it, it, yeah, my, it reminds me of like a... Of a um, a story from like culture from Ian and Banks, basically. Do me a favor. If you have the time and if you think of it, can you take a screenshot of that book that tells that story? Sure. I'll be able to see it on your wall when you do that. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, good to know. Yeah. She's a great character. I absolutely adored her and I love that planet. It reminded me very much of the, uh, the red planet in Star Trek, the rebooted one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it reminds me of of, of that and of Venus and uh it was so pretty. It was gorgeous and fun. And then the Vex show up and then one of them, you know, is gonna blow up in your face, which that that's when I'm like, nope, this is just I don't I don't wanna deal with exploding Vex. Um <laughs> Because they're gross. Oh and actually I really like all of the, all of the death effects. Because we got some new ones when you're killing some of them, you're seeing their spirit frozen in the for a second in the the way that they died and then kind of going off. You're seeing a lot of heads exploding yep. <laughs> with the, the space guinea pigs. <laughs> the, the, I, I find, I was telling my son that, but he doesn't see it. But tell me if you do, especially now that I say this. Some of the cabal, <laughs> when you look at them, not all of them, but some of them, they have that stripe down the middle of their face from their armor or bone or whatever the fuck that is. They look like a guinea pig. <laughs> I find they really, really, I'm going to put a screenshot side by side with a guinea pig and you'll see what I mean. I think if you said... The cabal look like guinea pigs with a cleft lip or cleft palate. You have me 100%. Because <laughs> the console. That's what he looks like, yeah. Case, yeah, it's like, I totally see it. Piggy little eyes. All like, that guy yeah. is missing, I swear, is a fucking mustache to twirl. <laughs> Crazy, you think Gary's evil? Wait till you see his buddy. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, I can't wait to shoot them in the face. Oh, it's going to be grand. Um, I, I won't spoil when, that. <laughs> when Destiny, I know I, there's got to be a twist. It's it's Bungie. Like I remember back when Halo came out, and they're like, "Yeah, it's this game about humans versus this alien contingent, and they're they're kicking our ass, and you're this super soldier that's gonna go save them, and you're you're called the Spartan because everybody knows that the Spartans were the original badasses in human literature." Which, like, okay, whatever, not really, but okay, fine. And then you get to the level with the flood and Bungie's like, we got you. You're going to love this because now an existential threat where the bad guys speak in like in quatrains. And then in uh, then in Destiny and then Halo 2, where you get to play the Arbiter. Like there's always a trick to a Bungie game. Um, so I cannot wait for this next one. I, I think one of the reasons why Destiny 1 didn't do so well until The Taken King 
was that very reason. There wasn't really the traditional bungee twist or bungee, not even a twist, but like the bungee hook or curve. It was just pretty straightforward. And it took them to the Taken King to the end cutscene after you kill Oryx for the twist to be finally revealed, um, which was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've gotten to a point again. I'm a little further than you, so I finish a chorus stuff, and then after that, you get taken back, and everybody's back. No surprise there. You're working with everybody goes back to where Zavala is, and you're back on the farm, and everybody's planning at that point. Okay, what needs to be done here? Now, have you gotten to the point yet where you find out what's happening to our son? Uh, with the world ender that's aimed at the sun. Yes. Yes. So clearly, I don't know yeah. if anything's happening to the sun right now, but I know that something like they're they're shooting. Like, well, Gary's set to blow up basically our solar system. You find out at one point that this is not the first solar system they've blown up. They can this thing that they have um, can blow up a sun, and and it's he's using the mineral from Mercury to power the device so it's ripping mercury apart streams of chunks like chunks of mercury are flying towards this thing that converts it into energy that it shoots into the sun it's fucking awesome oh <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait and well, that's why there's no lighthouse did you did you know about the what the lighthouse was no the lighthouse in destiny 1 was a private a social space that you only got to if you did the trial of Osiris, which is a PVP oh, right, method, right, right. and you were and you were perfect. So towards the end, people were were totally going to carry you to see the lighthouse because the community, in terms of video gamers, isn't actually that bad, uh, and people were helping each other out to go see the lighthouse. But uh, no lighthouse in Destiny 2 because Gary bulldozed it and is using it to power <laughs> the destruction of our solar system. There, and that's a, that's a parallel to Donald Trump and how he's ruining everything. <laughs> yeah, but the I don't uh, he wouldn't be using that because this is technology they already have. They've used it before in other oh, solar systems. So I know it's a bad joke. Okay. It was uh, all right. Don't yeah. confuse me with this shit. I'll believe you. No. <laughs> you just laid out all this fucking history of reading all the cards and everything and telling me what's what about the other thing and mansplaining yeah. to me. So, of yeah. course, I'm going to believe you now, you motherfucker. Well, Not anymore. I, in my job, my new job title is, is trainer, which I'm just going to call myself mansplainer in chief. So it's going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. What did you think of the um, arcology on Titan? Oh, my God. Wasn't that awesome? It, Oh my it was god! So pretty and so like this was the jewel of the solar system. So you go in there, and I'm like, "There's gonna be a jingle like we're in arcology on the sea." And then you scan the screen that's over on the left, and Ghost is like, "Oh, it's got a catchy jingle," and they sing the new Ar- the new Pacifica arcology theme song. Um, so that's really funny. And the minute. Zavala says, I should have known that the hive were on Titan. I'm like, oh, they're going to take this gorgeous, beautiful pinnacle of humanity colony and ruin it. And they do. Um, I'm not good at the platforming aspect. Like, like, even in WoW, I will fall to my death on a regular basis. It's a raid when Marty has fallen to his death. And in the Titan level, I'm freaking out because of the jumps that you got to make to get over from each of these, you know, 
uh, workstations. And when, but when you're in the arcology, I just wanted to like to spend like a whole series of levels in there, like looking for golden age tech or uh, renovate, like cleaning out the hive so that you can have like an actual safe, you know, forward base of operations on Titan. Um, it was so beautiful and so well done. And just a, an example of like at the height of humanity in the solar system, we were doing some cool shit. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful zone. What I like about it too, is that it's, it's that idea of being in a place where you can appreciate just how far technology took humanity before nature just kind of creeps over it again. So you've got that post-apocalyptic feel of, you know, overgrowth inside of the buildings and coming through the walls and different places like that. And yet you still have this very futuristic setting of the arcology there. It was just amazing. And then when you go for around where the pistons are, the giant fucking pistons for the waves and yes. like you're you're doing your platforming on those platforms that are busted up. There's waves that come to your feet that come onto those platforms. And that's one of those things, again, like where I was saying that there's a lot more depth and the worlds feel that much more alive. It's because of things like this. There's things that are alive and moving around you. The, the, the worlds are inhabited, not just, you know, by whatever is the, the, the hive or the vax or whatever kind of thing. But there's there's movement. There's 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 life there. They, they could have more wildlife that I would like. They kind of try to get around that by saying that be it the Vex or whatever annihilated all the wildlife. You see a few birds here and there, but that's the only thing that's missing. At least some wildlife in some of the places would be nice to see, even if you can't even interact with them. That would have been cool. Like, I guess when humanity goes to colonize worlds, we bring a lot of birds with us because (laughs) there's no birds on Titan. Um, or the traveler really likes birds and just makes birds wherever they, they terraform a planet. I So what we have seen in Destiny 1 is the the Vex turn Mercury into a computer in a matter of days. And it's basically the way they the, the Vex work is they turn things into these computers to process basically all possibilities throughout time and space to write themselves into the fundam- the fundamental... Uh, subatomic particles that make up everything. So it wouldn't be like just a an atom or a proton, a neutron, an antiquark, whatever. There would also be a vex particle because that's how they want to survive f- for the lifetime of the universe. Um, so when the vex are terraforming Nessus, I find it incredibly interesting that in addition to making their garden again, which is something that they did in Destiny 1, but as part of the garden, there are birds that they're bringing into it. And I don't know if it's just because the designers are like, otherwise it's boring, or if because this is also part of their the meta story involving the Vex. And we're going to find out because I know that one of the X-Packs is going to be a a Vex-themed one, and we haven't had a Vex-themed story um, at all outside of the first raid in Destiny, uh, the Vault of Glass. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Well, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. They, we've been getting a little bit more news in terms of what we can expect, at least for the, the first DLC. So that is actually sounding quite good, too. And we're looking at uh, holiday season for that uh, this year. So that's that's kind of cool. And then that's the, so fast. Yeah. The uh, first strike is going to be next week. And then Raid, what is it, the week after that, I believe? The 20th, isn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Uh, so, yeah, like, I mean, right now we're at a point where it didn't take long for most people to get to 20. And, and again, it's, that's not the, the grind. It's just, it, it really does not take long. I'm at 20 right now. Now I'll, I will say too, though, I had to take a sick day because of my knees. So I sat around and pretty much played all fucking day. So it was, it was nice for that. But, but even at that, I'm seeing a ton of twenties all over the place. So it doesn't take too long, but you're still working on story anyway. And going back to the, the initial point of just how much there is to do and how diverse it is and how much it feels alive. Every time you're saying like you, you want to spend a lot of time looking at something. Destiny is particularly two now is doing something that most MMO devs try to do or try to encourage their their players listen yeah you've finished the main storyline but now you can experience it on an alt and that's how they want to make you waste more time but the thing with this game is that by sheer virtue of the fact that it's a grinding gear and loot based game you're going to be doing that anyways but because of how just how much there is to it, because of all of these lost sectors, because of just how much you can experience everywhere in in the game that's not even part of the main storyline. Once you are done the main storyline, you do have a ton to do just in that exploration alone, let alone doing the little missions and things like that. But there's so much that you can do just poking around. Like when my son and I were playing this afternoon, I watched him in in the EDZ zone. He was just bouncing from building to building, going inside, seeing how high he could get, seeing if there were things hidden, which there were, and doing some <laughs> of the missions here and there, you know, as shit drops from the sky, kill it. So like he bounced around and did a ton of that for hours. And I mean, it was fun. It's it's not like you have to just do the main storyline and then you're done with the game. Because of the work that they put into it, it's not going to feel, for most of us, those of us who really like the game, quite as much like a grind. It really was, again, it's spectacularly well-designed beginning to end. I remember, excuse me, in Destiny 1, whenever I thought the game was getting grindy, I would look at my my watch or my phone and be like, oh, it's because I've been playing the fucking game yeah. for 30 <laughs> for three hours and I was going to just do one thing and log off. So, yeah. yeah. And, and in this, it's there's so much going on and how they're they're trying to build like they're not trying to force everybody into a community like Battle.net did in the early days of implementation. But it, they're they're like. The more you hang out with other people, the more fun you're going to have. And we're going to make it so that you don't have to. You can log into a P, to a PvP match and not have to talk to anybody. But if you want to, you totally can. And I totally appreciate all that extra work they're doing to, like, maintain a fairly decent community. Uh, because, like, 
you know, I don't know about you, but like when I got cursed out by a 12 year old and it wasn't working, for fun, um, I'm kind of kind of done with that. So but I, I mean, like towards the end of Destiny one, I was like using their crappy looking for groups tours to to finish my. I was one of those idiots or uh, time sinkers that I got the actual shirt. I don't know about if you knew about this, like you get a shirt. Yes. That, you know. I got my I got my shirt from Destiny One. Got my gamer tag on the sleeve. Um, but I was like working with other people to get it done, and I had a blast with these with these kids. They were like, "No, we got to keep going. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it." And of course, they were problematic at some level, but they were also it was just it was fun yep. to just make that group. And I'm so looking forward to that experience in Destiny Two as well. I just want to get to level twenty first. Yeah, I've been playing it. Um I've been streaming it mainly actually to my my Mac and using the the streaming app and it's been working flawlessly. Just oh that's so nice. Absolutely flawless. And of course you use your controller so it works again perfect. There was no lag. I it was really really fun and then I also played on the Vita streaming it to see how it worked on that. Flawless. Absolutely beautiful. I also set up my Surface Pro 2 so that I could sit down with that on my lap so that it's a slightly bigger screen and I can use a controller and use the PC streaming app as well. That also worked. Not quite as well, but that's because that was wireless as well. And so eh, not quite as good. But uh, but yeah, it did. So if they implemented cross save functionality between all the platforms, they won't. I would seriously consider buying an eGPU and then getting Windows 10 for my main. My, I'm I'm a Mac user too, and uh, I would consider getting an eGPU and a bigger monitor, um, and start gaming on this as well. It's just, you know, it's a Bungie game. I got my first Bungie game in 1994 when the Marathon demo came out, uh, but I bought an Xbox specifically for Halo and. Uh, I am a sentimental fucker and I do like, that's one of the reasons why I keep it around. Cause I keep thinking one day I'll pick up like the master chief collection or some shit. So it's too bad. You didn't pick it up on the PS4 then because you could be streaming it to your Mac. I know near I know. as I can figure there's no Xbox streaming app to the Mac. Is there, there was, uh, there were a couple of set top box streaming apps that we could do, but there's no proprietary I, I, one is what I mean. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I mean, I'm really trying. So here's the other thing. I try to limit my game consumption to two games at a time. And typically one of those is wow still. And the other is whatever I want to play in my console so I can get up and move around and do stuff. I'm pretty strict about that. Um, And I feel like if I just start delving deeper into my Steam library or if I keep buying more and more games, uh, my professional development will suffer uh, and my other comic book reading and stat <laughs> doing will suffer. Basically so, what you're trying to say is there's only so much time in a day. Right. But that makes me sound like a quitter. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I just, I'm older now and I need to get like five hours sleep to function, which is such garbage. Um, it used to be four hours of sleep and I was bright and chipper or as chipper as I get. And now it's like, I need six hours to function. That's, I want to be an exo so I can just stay up and not bother sleeping. That's my dream. Just wait another 10 years. It gets better (laughs) with every decade. 
and your body falls apart. <laughs> I recognize sarcasm when I, when I hear it, Roger. I may not be a dad, but all I do is work with teens. So, all right, parting thoughts. Parting thoughts. Um, the there's two drawbacks to this game, and they are minor. Um, one is the microtransaction structure for the shader collection, which I will not bore people with how much fun it is to collect shaders and to walk around and play fashion sense with your guardian. Uh, and the other is there's no cross play between PS4 and Xbox. And there's no reason why there isn't. Um, and there is no ability to take your save to the PC, which would be fun. Um, those are the two main gripes. This game surpasses the hype. Uh, this game is, is a triple eight. The first triple eight title I have played this year that has not disappointed me. Uh, I love this game. I love the memories from it. Oh, we didn't talk about like the, one of the best parts of the game for a long, if you play destiny one, you're probably already going to get destiny two. Uh, and when you are importing your character over, it goes back and shows you all of your major milestones from destiny one that you accomplished. So if you were a hardcore raider, it shows you the names of the people you're with the first time you killed those bosses. And it says like some of the stuff that you got to do. And there are people on Reddit and on IGN that are talking about like, yeah, my brother died this year. And so when I installed destiny oh, Two, dude, Oh yeah. Right. It was, <sighs> I just knocked out my freaking. I'm gonna have to go wireless with my headphones. <laughs> They're great headphones until like you pull one out, eh, eh, whatever. Anyway, oh, but my my parting thoughts is this: this game is great on any platform. I don't give a shit about the exclusives on the PS4. I don't care about like how it's gonna really? be on the Xbox X. I don't care. It bothers me, but like the game is amazing and yeah i never got oh, the yeah. jade rabbit scout rifle but like this game is so good regardless of platform and i'm having oh yeah definitely i'm struggling saying like what other game can do that like destiny goes beyond the shooter genre and i am very thankful that i get an opportunity to play it with like with a lot of great people so i love it the thing that i was a little concerned about is because I, I obviously I played the console demo as well, and it handled just as beautifully as Destiny One, so I felt good about it. Then I played the PC demo, which, as I said during the podcast, feels like cheating, but in a glorious way. It just mm -hmm. handles so beautifully. And then I was a little worried of, oh shit, how's it going to feel going back to the controller after playing that? Because I didn't just put in a few hours on that <laughs> PC demo. I played the fuck out of it. And so <laughs> going back, I'm like, oh, great. How is this going to feel now? Eh, didn't bother me at all. Felt perfect. Again, it's their implementation of the, the, the gameplay mechanics and the controller mechanics is the best I've ever played in any first-person shooter ever. And I played a lot of them. So I'm not, you know, a pro by any stretch, but I've played a lot and they're the best. So I needlessly worried because it handled beautifully yet again on, on the, at least the PS4, clearly on the Xbox as well. It's yeah. It's just such a wonderfully built game. Super, super good game. Yeah. So. The, you mentioned the shaders. I will agree to that. Uh, I am not thrilled that shaders are a one-time use. 
I oh, don't like idea. that at all. It's a, again, a manner to force you to grind, to get more, to buy more. And to me, that's lazy development. I, I really don't like that at all. So I, I've gotten a, a bunch of them so far. So clearly they'll be available. But I really, really hate that part of the fun of the other one. Like you said, was just mess around with your shaders. Why not? Just switch back and forth between characters, between whatever you want. They're there. They're not going anywhere. You earn them. And that's no longer the case. And I don't right. like that at all. I don't. I think if they don't make enough money from the microtransactions, they'll they'll pull it because I, I, it just it's not fun. It feels like it feels like um, Activision was like, we need another revenue yeah. stream for this game. Can you make the shaders different instead of like just saying just you can buy your you can buy the shaders, you can buy your extra sparrows. So it doesn't really have a gameplay effect because um, gamers don't don't want people to be able to by the win you have to earn your win and but the costuming who ca- nobody cares i mean if you have a if you have a like a in destiny one there's a white set called uh something like truth white or whatever i don't remember exactly but basically on your hunter gear would make you look like a goddamn arctic snowtrooper and it was so cool i want that and I don't want that to be taken away as a one-time use thing. So. Well, that's the thing, too, because you replace mm. your gear so much. So mm-hmm. the moment it becomes a one-time use, then it really is one-time use because you might replace that gear in no time at all. Like, I've got some shaders now, and what's going to wind up happening, and the same is going to be true of a lot of people, is we're not using them because we know that we're replacing gear constantly you know like inside of a few fucking minutes in some cases oh i've already gotten another gun that's better like you mentioned you finally got your first blues once that door opens it's a floodgate oh yeah forget about greens from that point all you're gonna see are pretty much blues everywhere so i've got tons of blues right now so you know i'm not going to be putting a shader on a gun because i know i'm gonna find another gun in literally a few minutes so I'm hanging on to all these shaders. Well, that's not the point of the game. So right. it fails in that regard. So, yeah, that's that's one of the... And give me my fucking speeder right away. <laughs> yeah, jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, like, when you unlock it, it unlocks for all of your alts. Yes. Um, that would be okay. Yes. You mean it doesn't? Man, that would I, suck. I don't know. Oh. You'll find out before me. Yeah. Yeah, I need to finish that story off. Dude. Yeah. Again, I... <laughs> I'm itching to talk about certain shit, but I really don't want to spoil it because <laughs> the shit that I just did literally before dinner time, it was like unfucking believable. It was oh, I'm so, excited. so fucking cool. And I'm still not at a confrontation with Gary. So even before you get to that point, it still is bat shit crazy fucking cool. So, yeah. <sighs> Uh, that so was my sad. parting thought. <laughs> so that <laughs> is going to wrap it up. That shit crazy fun. Yep. We are going to be having a lot more episodes with Destiny Chatter. Of course, we have to. We'll make sure to bring you back for some of them, too. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? So y'all can find me on the D&D podcast stream with For the Lore. You can also find me on allcomicsconsidered.com or allcomicsconsideredcast or Officer Gleason on the Twitter Uh Come by on Wednesdays. We talk about comics. And we've got our D&D episode that's coming up this Sunday as well in a couple of days. And 
that's going to be fun because I'm, oh, yeah. I'm dying to see what the fuck Vince has got <laughs> in store oh, for us. So you can find uh, the show notes at ForTheLore.com. You can also find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Twitter at ForTheLore, or individually, I am Zen Buddhist. He is Officer Gleason, and then Joe and Vince, who are not here for this episode, are Lord, Lord Z.G. Oh my god, Loader ZJ and Vince's at Simodian. And with that, we will see you guys in literally a few days for that D&D. Oh, and we've got a fantastic interview next week with the folks from Hob. That's going to be fun. Ooh. Yeah, cool. looking forward to that. So we'll talk to you guys later. See you, Sarside Guardians. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast.